Welcome to Karate in the Garage. I'm Corey Cope. I'm still Tragon. Yeah, I'm trying to like enunciate. Or maybe, who, what, <laughs> where? Just call me Baldar today. I'll it's, be Baldar. It's Tuesday morning. <laughs> and, if, yeah, well, yeah. But, and if you're hearing it as soon as it publishes, it, 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 it just might be a little bit after uh, one o'clock in the afternoon on, on this fine Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday, May 9th. Yeah, I don't know. It's a life being what it is. Uh, I'll just real quick. Real quick. Uh, my mom had to have an emergency operation last week, which is why our the wonderful barbarian queen was delayed until Sunday's release. Uh, um, but I hope you guys are enjoying that. Uh, if you don't know, it's out. <laughs> yeah, uh, we didn't miss an episode. It's just getting a little bit late. Yeah, you'll get three episodes this week. Look at it as a bonus. Week. Yes, and uh, this week's episode coming up on Friday is um, fantastic. Fantastic! If you already amazing, seen, we make we make a claim in Barbarian Queen. If you haven't heard it yet, is that uh, the, it's the Snake Eater three of um, of these movies of May? Um, and I don't. Well, that may or may not be true. It may be. It may still be Snake Eater three. But maybe the one Friday might be, well, if we got Snake Eater 4. Because as we discussed, every time we came across those new Tubi movies, further and further down into the sequels, the last ones were always the best. Yeah. And that may be the same case here. Anyway, dude. Could so, be. Magic. There's something I want to touch on real quick, and I'm going to do this in the beginning, and then it's also going to be in the show notes. Uh, everyone's very aware that there's a writer's strike going on right now. And uh, it's affecting productions across the board. If you're... Uh, if you're a signatory, you uh, are shut down or you're going to get shut down. And the WGA has full support of all the major unions. DGA's got their DGA. Even and Tom SAG. Hanks is out there, man. Yeah, DGA and SAG have their uh, negotiations starting in June. So they're up, they're up against it. Everybody's up against it, but they're all being super supportive. But there's the reason why I'm bringing this up now, and because and, I know it can, be, it can get super politically charged always when you're talking about unions no matter what industry it is there is a fund called the entertainment community fund and this is a this is a supportive organization for everybody that's in the business and in, in our industry from you know from grips to actors to, to to everybody that's involved in the business and they take donations and these they're just very supportive of the community when people when 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 uh, its members are falling on hard times. You can make donations to this, and this is going to be something that really helps out a lot of the lower tier um, artists that are out there. Not just the writers that are striking. Like I said, everybody, every production that's not in production right now because of the strike is being affected. So that isn't just the writers; that's everybody involved in the production, whether it's a film or a television show. That is correct. So I will send a link to this, and there I've donated to this. Ironically, it has nothing to do with me. I, I would never take any money from it, but it's something I'm always real passionate about uh, supporting, and I have every year. I've been putting money into it for 25 years, and I'm never not gonna. Um, I, I had seen or an article years ago in the LA Times about how terrible SAG was allowing some of their former and aging actors um, who are now retired, and how how poor their their um, health coverage was or non-existent for that, you know, or the homelessness from that kind of stuff. And even though they're supposed to be taking care of all these people, that was the whole point of SAG and the union. Once you get to a certain point, you're retired, you're being taken care of as far as your housing and your health care. So this is an extra support of that. And it's, like I said, it's not just for actors, it's everybody in the business. So I will put that in the show notes and it's called entertainmentcommunity.org if you want to just look at it now. 
Um, but the, you'll link to the show note in the show notes and you can make a donation or learn more about what they do. Fantastic. I like, again, not so boxy. It's just something I, I think that this thing can go for a while. And even if it doesn't, it's something to, for you to be aware of. If you, you enjoy movies, you enjoy television, all these things that are brought to you for your entertainment and a lot of sacrifices families make. I mean, that's why we get delayed episodes. We get delayed episodes because we're dealing with family stuff. And then, then there's work. <laughs> it's important that, that you, that, I, that I'm to me anyway, that people see how not in an easy industry and not as glamorous as everybody wants to make it out to be. Well, I think what it is, dude, is people like they hear the word strike and they just immediately, you know, there's two ways, there's two people, there's two ways people react to it. One is like, Oh, well, how dare they strike? What you know, they got everything, but then they no, don't. And they don't. Here's, the, here's the thing. Sometimes striking is your only uh, option. Right. Like you're not, you know, you got to put, you got to draw a line in the sand as they say. So, yeah. And this, and this was supposed to have happened three years ago, but the pandemic kind of like pushed that away. Well, it was happened in 2021 and they pushed it again too. So yeah, there was plenty of preparation opportunities for the two parties involved. But as, as I understand it, the WGA was in constant, was constantly like, let's talk, let's talk now. Let's not wait until 2023. Let's get this going now. And it's just, it just wasn't done. And this is why we're at where we're at. But I think this one might be as important, if not the most important one, more important than the 88 and more important than 2007. This is a big, the, the, the bullet points of this is, are huge. And some of the counter offers that were made by the AMPTP just are bullshit. And I, I can't help, if you guys have noticed on Twitter, we've, the profile um, icons changed to support WGA. Because it's, again, it's not just this, we're not just supporting what they're doing. We're supporting the whole industry. It's being affected by it because. Dude, I ain't working. You're not working. That's right. I mean, I'm just not by choice. Well, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, that, I mean, there's, I'm not going to cross the line. And I'm, you know, it's funny because there's a lot of projects that are, you know, that have just all pushed away until this is sort of resolved. So, you right. know. It's not just the writers who are, no. you know, not working, you know, it's what, that's what people don't understand. Or, you know, and it's, uh, I'm, I'm a hundred percent right because the writers aren't wrong. Nope. I'm just going to say it. They're not, they're not, you know, with the stuff that they're fighting for, you, you know, like I said, you got to draw a line in the sand and you know, I'm with them. You got you get the clown running Warner brothers discovery, right? He was on the Warner brothers owned CNN last week and he made a crack that he just just tells you, like we've been saying for months now, the guy knows nothing about our business, came out and said, oh, he thinks that the this writer's strike will, will uh, end because the writers will to succumb to their desire to work. He thinks that they're going to, he thinks that writers are going to miss working and that they're going to cave is basically what he's saying. And I'm like, dude, do you know even the most successful writers don't work six months out of the year? They're used to not working. Yeah, well, you know, he's he's a, he's a special guy. And one more thing to, to show that guy knows nothing about what this business is. He comes from unscripted television and it shows. Uh, I just think he's kind of, a, I just think he's also trying to play contrarian. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, well, feel, he's, I, mean, you know, it, I feel part of it's, a, it's his shtick. Like, well, you know, if I, I mean, again, again, if I made $290 million in two years, then, you know. It's like George Bush going to the grocery store. And, well, so what's that scanner? <laughs> what do you do with that thing? 
You know what I'm talking about? Yes. I mean, that's kind of a dated concept, but I mean, it's, but it's, <laughs> it's not, un, it's, it's not it's accurate. Un, it's not incorrect. No. <laughs> oh, shit. Yes, George Bush shit. Sr., not W. I knew what you meant. I know you do. Um, <laughs> Anyway, let's uh, so what look again. I, I hope it. I hope it uh, resolves itself quickly, but I don't believe that it will. And no. Uh, it, no, not quickly by you know. Just what are you, what what is quickly to you or me is maybe yeah. not quickly. But anyway, get out there and uh, you know do what you can. I'm you know there's um there are a lot of ways to contribute and yep. support to the WGA man. Yep. And uh, you know I'm down. I've got friends that have almost every spot, like all the major studios, I have like a handful of friends that are, that are walking the line and get, and here's what I want to point out about that. Then it's not just writers. It's not just no. um, wannabe writers. I know there's actor friends that are out there. I know there's audio guys. I know there's sound effects guys. I know there, and I got a note on the post-production side of things, those shows aren't being affected. I mean, technically, they could be not affected by what's going on. They could, like, they're already past that point, and now unless they need some, if they have all the things that we need, they have all their ADR, they have all that shit, but I know sound effects editors, and I know re-recording mixers, even though there's no picket line from the cross, they're not doing it, and they're out there walking the line with everybody. It's because you make friends, you know, for years and years and years. But I'm saying I'm, there's even people that aren't even outside the business that are doing it. We have. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably going to go on Thursday for a couple hours, maybe to Warner Brothers, just to walk with friends. Right. Hassan Piker is the biggest Twitch streamer out there. And that guy was streaming live from picket lines just to just to showcase what was going on down there. Because, again, a lot of people outside the business think about the the glamour of it all and a, a younger audience isn't going to be watching network news to to see those 45 second things again it's the machine the machine's not going to showcase the writer strike too much because they're they're all they're all owned by the companies that are being that are part of the negotiations against the writers so it's like it's they're, they're you're not going to see a lot of information out there in mainstream media for that exact reason because they control it so um, that's why somebody like Hassan doing what he's doing on Twitch is huge because that guy gets thirty to 50,000 viewers at any time of the day that he's actually streaming. So that's fucking, that's a lot of people that, and it's like that. No matter, he, he, he can stream for seven hours a day and that's a constant 28, 30,000 people watching it. Again, it's important that all audiences understand what's going on because it's a big deal. You know, they, they may not, even if they're watching just stuff on their phone, well, guess what? There's no new stuff going to be, it's going to be coming to your phone the longer this goes. So that is correct. All right. Let's move into the fun stuff. Fun stuff. If there's such a thing. Yeah. Uh, I like this. How I'm going to jump. I'm just going to say yesterday, I think it was yesterday. It was the first time I saw it, but I just want to say August just got a whole lot more exciting. Did you see what happened yesterday? What happened yesterday? The trailer for Meg 2 dropped I, I was aware of it. And dude, it, if it doesn't look, I mean, I didn't possibly think it could be more ridiculous than the first one. This one, this one looks like it's on par with Shark Knight. <laughs> and Shark Knight's rad. I love Shark Knight. I'm not, I didn't mean that. In, I didn't mean it in a disparaging way. But yeah, the Meg 2, the trench, because they needed a subtitle because the Meg 2 wasn't enough, right? Correct. Because, God, why would you just call it Meg 2? Yeah. Somebody the, might think you were making a Family Guy reference. Yeah. 
The thing that's kind of a drag though, the guy that directed it. Okay. He did free fire, which I fucking love. I love free fire, but he's just on a lot of television and a couple of smaller movies here and there. Um, but he fits this. Well, I think he fits this project. Well, if it's taken straight, like jaws two, as opposed to jaws, because turtle top, his sensibility is going to be, I think missed for if it's the same kind of tone they did with the first movie. Which is, you know, don't take it. It's nothing to be taken seriously here because it's called the Meg for a reason. It's, you know what I mean? It's so, it's, yeah. But Ben Wheatley is directing it. And I said, like I said, he has a solid filmography. He's pretty good. And his stuff that he's doing fits perfectly with, with this kind of movie. So hopefully, uh, I, I would like to see it be less funny. But when you see the one sheet where it's just, yeah, that's my my problem with it. It looks it it's it's got too many of those yuck yuck fucking you know wink wink nod nod fucking moments even in the trailer and just like mm. right. But you know I'm still gonna be there to see it. I, dude, I saw Meg in a fucking theater and I saw it twice in a theater because it was hilarious. It yeah. was, uh there are things about it that aren't good, but dude, there's so much of it is that is good. It's funny because the tone of either movie doesn't match the tone of the Steve Alton novel that it's based on. But that's okay. It shouldn't be. I mean, there has to be some. There has to be some moments of levity in these movies. Otherwise, you know. I mean, if, you know, it's not going to be Jaws, uh, no matter no. how hard they try. So the, the the good thing is they're not trying to be Jaws. You know, they're they're doing their own thing. It's more. These movies are more Jurassic Park in my mind than they are Jaws. Oh yeah. They 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 live in that world like. But that's, that's okay, because the trailer looks fun. Um, you know, it's got Jason Statham doing his thing, <laughs> running. Right. Looking at the camera, steely-eyed. I'm just surprised that when you, the difference between Jaws and Jaws 2 is this kind of, you know, you've got reluctant Chief Brody, right? He doesn't, he, the first movie, he doesn't want to be in an island because he's great of water. That was, I mean, that was always the great setup in the book. And obviously it was, you get it more in the sequel than you do in the first movie. The first movie was, the first Meg, I should say, is more like, it's more tongue-in-cheek like Jaws 3 was. It's, I mean, there's even a couple of Jaws 3 moments in there. Sure. But what's wild about Meg 2 is like, I think there's more than one shark in it. No, there are. There's yeah. several. Yeah. It looks like there's several. And I, I never read the second book, The Trench, because it's, again, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, Steve Alton did write a sequel to the book, and that's what this is kind. I mean, who knows if it's taken from the book or they just took the title Meg Two: The Trench. But I don't think that the book was actually called Meg Two. I think the book was just called The Trench. Yeah, if memory serves. But yeah, and that's probably why we have the the subtitle on it because he's like, no, dude, that's part of my deal. You got to cough it up. <laughs> You got to put the title in there. Uh, I, dude, I'll see it. I mean, I will see this. I saw Shark Night in a fucking theater. I saw um, Piranha Double D in a theater. I mean, it, you know, it, to me, this movie fits in with that sort of subgenre of, you know, giant fucking sharks and man-eating fish. But, but just like everything else we talked about when it comes to movies like this where the Meg and something else that we touched on. Okay. I, I was talking about this yesterday and I couldn't remember the name of it. There's a movie called Croczilla that came out in 2012. Yeah. I remember the box. I hate the name because it deserves a far better fate than what it is. The CG on it is really good. Again, it's an 11-year-old movie now. CG on it is really good. And 
the physical gator is really, really good. If everyone's seen the the host, and I don't mean the the young adult movie, I'm talking about the Korean a horror movie, the host. If you've seen that and go, wow, this is incredible visually and CG wise and, and uh, practical effect wise, that's this. It's it's on par with that. And I couldn't remember the name of it. I just remember it having a really asylum type name, but it's really fucking good. And I don't mean it in like, oh, the Meg cheesy kind of way. I mean, it's good. It's got some cheesy acting because it's just kind of, there's an English dub version of it. And it's just, unfortunately, that's all you get. <laughs> Right. That movie's a fucking blast. I actually own it, but I couldn't remember the name of it. I remember buying it. I got it on DVD somewhere because I, I don't think it ever had a Blu-ray release. Or if it did, it either didn't have English subtitles or it wasn't dubbed English. There was something about it that was going to make it f- totally un- unenjoyable for someone that didn't speak uh, Cantonese or whatever the actual language was on the disc. But anyway, speaking of discs, discs. unlike last week... May 9th today has a whole bunch of shit we kind of we we talked about before. Stone Cold finally is dropping today. Stone Cold. Stone Cold. The remake of Children of the Corn from 2020 is out there. Um, and there's a whole bunch of other like- I never clean. saw that. Was it good? Did you see it? It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I mean, you got to- It's Children of the Corn. I, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it, I'll just put it this way. It's better than most of the sequels that came out from the original. So let's- Sure. Which I mean, I mean, I'd be saying very much, but yeah, I mean, I gotta say, man, outside of the first one, I don't even can't even recall like the plots or any of the or any moments from any of the other ones, right? And I've seen them all, most of them anyway, but I just I don't recall. I have no like ooh moments, like right. I just you know I, I totally forgot that had come out until you just mentioned it, man. Might be worth a watch. Yeah. It's probably on Hulu, <laughs> and. This is a movie that I know I've talked about before here and there, but Absolute Beginners is out on Blu-ray today. Ooh, yeah, Julian Temple, baby. Everybody knows what a massive fan of Bowie I am, so I was drawn to this right away, and Julian Temple, like you just noted, is this was his first feature, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was known for music videos, so big surprise, it's a musical. Yeah, <laughs> it's a musical. Talking to Ray Davies is in the fucking thing. And our, our one of our favorites, Patsy Kinsett, that we never... We never talk about, but we, well, we never talk about it extensively, but we do talk about it because of, you know, for, and lots of things, but more specifically Lethal Weapon 2. That and the fact that she dated uh, Michael Hutchins. Yeah. For a bit. For a bit. For a bit. For a bit. Yeah. 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 Um, but it can again, another boutique release, Sandpiper Pictures. Hmm. I'm not familiar with them, but there it is. And it is out today. So, and I wasn't even aware of that. I thought it was supposed to be out later in the summer. Um, there was another version of it. This is Twilight Time put this one out in 2015 with this with the atypical Twilight Time release of only 3,000 copies of it. You can still pick that up some places, so it's readily available still. But I don't know if the comparison between the two. If, if you're uh, going to overpay for the Twilight uh, version, if you like, you know, if you're looking on eBay and stuff, there, you know, whoever bought them all up at the end, <laughs> there's like seventy dollars. No, uh, here's what's funny. The, the companies that I'm seeing there selling them, third parties that are selling them on uh, Amazon, they're only charging 30 bucks. That's the, I, that's what I've oh. been seeing, 31, and which isn't much more. And it, let me t- tell you this. I know it's different on the disc, but the cover for the Twilight version is way the fuck better, like way cooler. 
it fits more like a one sheet. And if you've seen the movie, it's, it's nothing like the one sheet. It's really bitching. The, other, the, the one that just got released today is it's just a cobbled, yeah, terrible Photoshop job. For sure. But dude, yeah, that movie is super fun. And that one, I'm glad it's, it's getting a, a, a more a wider release. I, I do want to dive into it. It's the two, the, the, the details on the two movies. Because I reminded, I mean, I would pay ten dollars more if it's got a bunch of bit bitching shit on it. The other one doesn't it definitely have. will have a, a isolated score on the Twilight uh, time. Twilight's one. rule. That's another thing too. Is like Twilight's Twilight will share their encode, so it could be the same encode, um, but who knows? Yeah, you know? right. But they don't share it for free. Oh, hey, look! I'm going to say this. What is July thirteenth? My birthday. Other than your birthday. I knew you were going to say that. Well, anyway. but why does it make your birthday even better this year? Well, well, the week after my birthday, um, Donna Missile is going to be at, at the Roxy, so I'm going to that. And then, well, and then the on week, your birth, and then on my birthday, she's doing a show in New York. So there, on your birthday, finally, at long last, Criterion will release Martin Scorsese's masterpiece, After Hours. Finally, yeah, because we think we announced that when we when, when it was first said, hey. After I just want to come out. I got a little my birthday gift this year. Yeah, I got a reminder about it this morning. That's the only reason I thought about it. Because, because, yeah, because that's the, the 4K one. Yeah. Is, yeah, all that. With all the fucking extra good footage stuff. Criterion has had, from my understanding, they've been hit and miss with their 4K, which is why I kind of pumped the brakes on Seven Samurai. I wanted to hear reviews for it first. Unlike the 4Ks that are coming out of Shout and Arrow, which have been yeah. fucking stellar. I think Criterion's has some uh, quality control issues with their encodes. Um, so I've been like, I'm not saying this is still true. I'm just saying this is what I, why, why I was. Sounds in. like you're talking, sounds like you got a beef with Criterion, dude. I don't have a beef. Oh, I haven't bought anything. I, I haven't bought anything Speaking to be burned by yet. <laughs> hey, let me ask you a question. That, that show Beef, isn't it just unhinged and stretched out into a TV series? Sure. I mean, I, think, I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't watched it. I was just reading the description and no. it sounds like, uh, yeah, but I, it's I, a fun I show. Watched it. It's a fun show. It's you have to appreciate the two leads in there. If you don't like them, then you're not going to like it. I don't even know who they are. I mean, I, I have need, I've seen a Steve one, Stephen Young, and Alan and Ali. You know, I understand if you don't know who Ali. I know Wong who they is, are, but but I've not seen anything that either one of them have done. I mean, I I think I saw Stephen Young get his spoiler stuff, dude. Come on, dude. Everybody's seen that. Joey like hasn't. Eight seasons ago. <laughs> Don't oh, tell Joey. Joey not to listen. No, he's not, he's Cut this part out. He's Cut school. this out. He's not. Dude, if he listens to our show, I'm going to get so much trouble. Yeah. Just, you know, he does. Come on, dude. What do you mean? Come on. How are you going to stop him? No. Well, Joey. He don't pay attention to that. Listen, he doesn't, li- he doesn't listen to anything I say anyway. So why would he listen to us? Yeah. Right. There you go. <laughs> not going to listen to you. He, he, it's you. He doesn't listen it's, to you. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I haven't, the only other thing I guess I've probably seen Stephen Yunin is in Mayhem, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not familiar with his body of work. I just, and again, honestly, I just read the blurb for Beef because it keeps coming up every time I, is it on Netflix? Yeah. Every time I turn Netflix on. Yeah. Also, I made a mistake last week when I said uh, 80 for Brady is on Paramount Plus, <laughs> not on Peacock. <laughs> Don't tell people that. I know it's not my, I mean, I'm just saying, like I do, you know, it, every time I turn it on, that's stupid. I get a trailer for Brady for Brady. Um, you know how, if you're on YouTube, if you get recommended 
a subject or a channel that you don't want to, I'm like, I don't give a fuck about these people. So you can say, please don't recommend anymore. And then why can't we do that with our streaming services? We're paying them. At least you can do that for free on YouTube. Why can't I do that on, on Paramount Plus where I can go, I don't care. I don't care. Stop showing me this. Right. But you know what I'm glad that they do that with was uh, Pete Davidson's show, Bupkiss, that's on Peacock. Big surprise because it's a Broadway video, Lauren Michaels produced show that it's on Peacock. It is more like um, the King of Staten Island, his feature he did with Judd Apatow, where it's, it's very much about his life. And there, this one is this one goes a little deeper. This might I, I don't want to call it like Dave Light or something like that, but it's Dave the Kevin Klein movie. No, I'm talking about Dave the FX show. It's oh, um, yeah, but that too, that's introspective. Right and introspective. This this is kind of both of those things too. Again, it's, it's very much Steve. You know, Pete's playing himself again, like he is in the other thing. It's very meta about it because Edie Falco plays his mom, Amy, who was also played by Marissa Tomei in in The King of Staten Island. What's funny is Edie Falco's character of Amy, his mom, makes a reference. Hey, Marissa Tomei played me in the movie. So there's this meta meta aspect to the show anyway it's on peacock um they're all the episodes are available which is weird because peacock uh all of their original yeah programming, they usually dole them out once a week yeah yeah and that hasn't been the case so i blew through six of the eight episodes in one setting and they went fast because they were anywhere between 24 and 31 minutes just like that show the bear where it's kind of they tell just as long of a story as they need to per episode you know they don't make it exactly as hey we've got all this time to fill fuck that they don't do that but there's lots of stuff in the in this that are comparable to Staten Island, but it's great, good supporting stuff that you get in King of Staten Island, you know, because Bill Burr's in it, Buscemi's in it, but Buscemi is also in Bupkiss. But the the star of the show that's not Pete Davison is who plays Poppy, his grandfather, and it's Joe fucking Pesci. Yeah, well, dude, that was for me. That's the draw. Well, I mean, it should be for a lot. I mean, of, I'm just saying Pesci in anything. It didn't. It just, I'm not just saying because it's this. I'm just saying no. You could put Pesci. Pesci could recite, you know, the phone book, and I would watch. He doesn't have an Emmy yet. He's gonna get one. He's at least gonna get a nomination for this because he's fucking so great in it. He's so great in it, and like it's like that. But that's a big surprise to nobody how good he is. No, not if you've seen Easy Money with Rodney Dangerfield. Bub kiss. Bupkis. <laughs> the show is chock full of cameos. I mean, cameos by upon cameos. And I, I'm not going to get into the cameos because that's the fun part of it. And uh, I'll just say this. Sometimes the cameos are people that are really in front of him. And sometimes they're dreams. And sometimes they're hallucinations. And sometimes... So there's a lot of drug use involved in, in the show is what you're saying. There, is, dr there is drug use involved in it, yeah. Not as much as you might think. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, good stuff, Bupkiss. If you're, if you're not into Pete Davidson, there's a certain thing that there's a certain charming thing about Pete is that he has this vibe that a younger audience connects with. But I feel like if if he wasn't surrounded by the talent that he's surrounded by, I don't know if I would be into the show as much. I'm fine with Pete. I have no problem. I appreciate what he does. I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. I always thought it's funny as, um, you know, I think there was some social media thing that went around a few years ago and somebody referred to him as having butthole eyes, right? 
And he makes a reference to that in the very beginning of the first episode when he's like looking through the internet and stuff. And he made, he makes a mistake that celebrities or, or public figures of any stature did. And the biggest mistake you make is like Googling yourself, right? So that was, you, you don't, if you become, if you become part of the public eye, don't ever Google yourself. It's just bad. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's also, but do, do we, do you really need somebody to tell you not to Google yourself? Yeah. Well, you've been told all your life, don't Google yourself. Oh, that's diddle yourself. Sorry. Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that it is on my list of stuff to watch. Actually, I almost started watching it last night, but instead I started watching Citadel. And then, which, uh, well, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I would have to give it like, a, I'm going to try to, I'm going to give it another episode. The first episode didn't grab me. I mean, well, that's, that's tough for a show like that. If, if by the trailer anyway, and a show that seemed to be action based, if you can't grab me at the first episode, then okay. There's just a lot of stuff going on that seems, I don't know, man. It really seems like there's a, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Like, I, I, I don't know I, when I'm watching, when I was watching it, I, I could name like six things that I thought that they, you know, six ingredients that they threw into the pot and maybe four of them they shouldn't have. I fell asleep. That's what I'm saying for an exciting action packed show. I didn't, I couldn't stay awake through the entire episode. <laughs> so I, I'll have to watch the last five minutes or six minutes of last night's and then I'll, you know, I'll roll into the next one. The other thing I started watching, which uh, I so far are so good is uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds on Paramount Plus. Yeah. I just finished Picard season three and then now I'm rolling and I've rolled right in and dude, I forgot about Anson Mount. Yeah. Who I love from Helen Wheels. And also, um, Anson was in a was in the first movie I ever art directed, uh, Battle of Shaker Heights, with Shia LaBeouf and Amy Smart. Uh, Anson played Amy's boyfriend. Um, but dude, what a, he's such a solid actor. I mean, I don't know if you're a fan of Helen Wheels or you know, but Helen Wheels is great, and he's he's so great as Pike. You know, he he brings like a this tragic quality to Pike. If you're into Star Trek, you kind of know what happens to Pike. You know where he ends up. Yeah, and there's a point in the first episode where he says, you know, he literally, then they laid it out. He's, I, he, I've already seen my own death. So he knows. He knows it's coming. Yeah. Even though it's maybe a decade away. That's he wild. Know every day he wakes. Yeah. It's cool. Um, but it's, it's shot well. I mean, it looks cool. The enterprise has been redesigned. Everything looks, it's fun. Rebecca Romaine shows up. The cast is fun. Um, it's on Paramount Plus. I got to say this. Paramount Plus, with all the original programming they've done with Star Trek, as far as the animated stuff, this, yeah. Picard. Crushing it. They've been killing it. Really. I mean, it's literally talking over the weekend about the transition from CBS All Access to what Paramount Plus has become. To me, that is the blueprint for transitioning or starting a streaming service. You take the most recognizable part of your branding and you put it out there and then you build around it. Yeah. I mean, even what did Disney plus Disney plus it's Disney plus plus what plus Marvel plus Lucasfilm plus all the Fox shit plus all it makes sense. Plus plus plus. No. Anyway, I'm not going to get in that fucking yeah, let's not go soapbox there again. again. Anyway, yes. Paramount plus is exactly how you do shit. Yeah, man. They, they do it. They're doing it right. And they're doing it right. I haven't seen a misstep in their biggest, I mean, it's their biggest franchise that they have. Right. Indiana Jones went back to Disney, so they've got it now. This is the biggest thing, and they 
And they've never really hurt no. the franchise. They've always done stuff that's been interesting, whether it might be as good as maybe something else, but it's always been interesting sure. and worth watching. I was talking with my brother, uh, even like like Enterprise, which probably is the least seen of all the Star Trek. Right. Enterprise is actually pretty damn good. Right. If you can get past the the terrible, the, the one thing about Enterprise that kind of made it hard to watch uh, and, and, and when it was on regular is I couldn't skip over that terrible, there was a terrible moment <laughs> during the opening credits, the song, it literally... There, it was terrible. It, it it sounded like somebody's like, "Hey, can you try to sound like Celine Dion and sing this song?" You remember in Armageddon, the uh, Aerosmith <laughs> video in the world, it, dude? It's got all the and it's like four minute. It's just so bad. And I used to just turn it off because I couldn't get through it. But streaming it, you just blow right past that <laughs> and you go into it. And the uh, Enterprise is great. Like these new things, like you said, uh, Lower Decks, yeah. the animated thing. Yeah. Hilarious. It's, it's so hilarious. much fun. Yep. And uh, all three of the Star Trek, uh, the the newer Star Trek shows that are on are great. Yeah. Um, Picard at the moment, you know, I just finished. I don't know if you finished Picard. Yet, so no, I, I, haven't, I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't watched all of season three yet. I've watched parts oh, yeah. of it because our friend <laughs> Tiffany Shepis is on it. Such a good show. Yep. It really is good. And they did it right too. They write it out in glory. Dude, it's been a solid show because it kind of looks, it kind of looked like they were, when Picard first was, you know, they were first promoted was when they made the Paramount Plus launch and during the Super Bowl and you were seeing, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that uh, Grace Hits kind of compilation, great video, a uh, commercial with everybody like walking around the tundra and stuff like that was really cool. They hadn't done anything yet. So you weren't super trusting in what they were going to bring to the table. Right. But every, I mean, what they've done with Evil once it went full Paramount Plus, what they did with all the Star Trek stuff, hell, I, I currently right now, I fucking absolutely adore Fail Attraction. It's so fucking good. And they've done it in a way that's so unique with to a story that you're familiar with, but they're still like not... Oh. It doesn't It doesn't feel strained with, with the changes and the uniqueness that they've made. It's just... Dude, Paramount Plus is... Fucking killing it. This is why we this yeah. is why we promote the shit out of all the time because everything they've done so far has been for the better of the entertainment audience that people want not Yeah. They're not embarrassing themselves. No. <laughs> no, they're crushing it. Yep. Also, I'm gonna throw this out there before we wrap this up. Is I'm a couple episodes into Dead Ringers on uh Amazon Prime. Yep. Interesting. that's all I'm gonna say at the moment. Uh but it's good to see Rachel Weiss in something. Yep. She's awesome. And you get to see her twice. <laughs> if you know anything about the movie Dead Ringers, the Cronenberg yeah, movie. I will. Um, I, let's get into Dead Ringers another time. Cause I, I, yes, cause I want it. Cause I feel like I, I, I want to expand on it more. Cause my, I saw that in the theater opening weekend and I could not yeah. know what to expect. And I, I, I was, yeah, let's do it next the, week. Cause I'll, <laughs> I might be able to finish it up this week. Half the audience like walked out in the movie. Yeah, theater. dude. It, well, it's fucking disturbing. It's hard to watch. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot. Of, yeah, nobody knew what to expect, and I'm like going, "Well, I didn't know what to expect, but I didn't. I wasn't. I knew enough about it not to walk, not to be d- disturbed by the stuff to where I have to walk out of the movie theater." Yeah, well, it's yeah. it's a Cronenberg well, so movie. We'll, people, come on, yeah, come on. We'll talk about it next week because cool. I might be able to finish this up. Right on. So socials, the, the usual at Karate Pod at Twitter, Insta, and Letterbox. Follow Corey at Letterbox at Corey underscore Culp and on Insta at Culprit ninety seven. If you'd like to follow me, you can follow me at Rock and Roll 33 on your Instagram or at Tom Cody on Letterboxd. That's Tom Cody Letterboxd. Peace. <laughs>